Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Breakpoint Podcast. My name is Marcus. I'm here with my co-host Frankie in his dungeon of a basement today recording. Um, (laughs) And today we are going to be going over our 2022 predictions for the ATP Tour. Uh, We're basically briefly going to go over who's going to win the four slams, um, who we think is going to be the world number one at the end of the year, who we think is going to have the best year on the tour, who we think is going to have a disappointing year, um, and who we think is going to break through this year. Frank, what's going on, man? Uh, Well, number one, pretty rude about the basement. Um, You leave the cave alone. Uh, This is my only sanctuary, so let's leave that alone. But uh, hello, everyone. I hope you're having a great day uh, listening to this. Uh, Gee, don't even bother going to class. It's not worth it, as mentioned. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I think this is an exciting one. Uh, It's always, I think, interesting to try to predict the future with tennis because it's, it's really one of those sports where anyone can win on any given day. Um... And because it's an individual sport, I think there's even more of a, you know, crapshoot to it. So I'm looking forward to this one. I think this will be an interesting episode. And this will kind of tie in with the World Tour Finals episode wrap-up that we did and the awards episode that we did all should sort of fit together in the themes and everything. So we hope you guys enjoy. Uh, I will start us out uh, with the first question. So, Marcus, let's do Slam by Slam. Uh, you can go first with the Australian Open. Who do you think is going to win, and why? The Australian Open. It's a very, it's a very tricky question because of their vaccine requirement. Um, we know that, mo- you know, we know that Djokovic is not really revealing whether or not he's vaccinated or not, and we're going to find out very soon if he is. If Djokovic is vaccinated and does choose to play at the Australian Open, I'm in firm belief that he will win it. Um, I think that it won't be a shoe-in. I think Medvedev and Zverev will definitely have something to say about it. However, I am not going to bet against Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open. That man has absolutely dominant there. I He's won it how many times, Frank? Like eight or nine times, right? Something like that? It is the second most of any major to Rafael Nadal. So it's got to be one more than Fed has at Wimbledon. And Fed has seven Wimbledons. So I think it has to be Novak has at least eight. Australian Open. So yeah, that sounds about right. Right. So betting against Novak at the Australian is like betting against Nadal at Roland Garros, which is kind of absurd to do. Um, so I don't think, I think he he holds on um, to the Australian this year. However, if Mr. Djokovic does not decide to get vaccinated and not meet the uh, mandate um, implemented by the uh, state of, was it Victoria, I believe in Australia? Right? New South Wales. New South Wales. Um, then I think actually, I think it'll be Daniil Medvedev. Um, I think that he plays really well at the Australian Open. He's made the finals once or twice now. He, the courts there generally play relatively quick. So that kind of suits his style, um, of hitting the ball pretty flat and playing relatively aggressive. I think, I think he's got the best shot there. What do you think, Frank? Yeah, so I would agree. I think I actually wrote down Medvedev as my pick. Even with Novak seemingly going to be playing it, uh, I don't know if you saw the news, but Novak is registered to play the event as of right now. So, uh, yeah, that uh, honestly it doesn't really mean much. I think he's deciding whether or not to. I, I probably, I, I'm assuming he's not vaccinated. I don't know why. 
I mean, we both know why, but um, I think he will. I don't think he's going to give up a chance to break the slam record at his home slam, quote unquote. Yeah, so we can elaborate a little bit more on that as we go, because I, 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 I do actually agree with you. And I actually think that one of my season sort of themes for 2022 is going to be the fall of the big three completely. No, Novak included in that. I think next year is going to be the year where we see the rise of Zverev, uh, Medvedev, and TBD, to be honest, uh, in in tennis. So that'll be an interesting one. I wrote down Medvedev. I think regardless of whether Novak enters or not, I think Medvedev is going to win this tournament. As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I, I just think that Daniil is the best hardcore player in the world now. And especially after what happened at the U.S. Open, where it was just a complete drubbing, uh, you know, you can't really discount Medvedev or Zverev to beat Novak. And then we even saw it in the World Tour Finals with a faster surface, Zverev still beat Djokovic, uh, which I, I said would happen, so... Oracle Frank back at it. And, and he beat Medvedev in the final. So I, we can't completely discount Zverev here um, for winning the Australian. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's going to be Zverev and Medvedev in the final, to, to be clear. That, that's my pick. I think Novak either loses in the semis to one of those two, however the draw shakes out, or he maybe gets upset by somebody else in the quarter, something like that. I, I just think that there's... I, and, and listen, I wrote this down as well. I think that Novak is going to be distracted at the Australian Open because of this vaccine thing, whether he gets it or not or whatever. It's going to be a story. And whenever there's a story that's not about tennis, I just don't think that's good for any athlete, regardless of whether it's Novak, Naomi Osaka, etc. It It just doesn't end well, typically. So... I think you're going to have multiple storylines going on with Novak this tournament. You're going to have one, the potential to break the all-time Grand Slam uh, record on the men's side. And then we'll have possibly this vaccine story if, you know, Novak does end up getting it. And then he'll probably have a whole host of questions as to why. So Australia actually could end up being the most interesting tournament of the entire year. And it's the first one. But I think it has the most... Uh, consequential aspects to it of all of them. Uh, the next one is going to be Roland Garros. I think we'll touch upon the Masters 1000 events maybe later on. Uh, we'll just start with the major. So I'll, I'll go first for Roland Garros. Uh, I think we're going to agree on this. I think it's going to be Nadal. I think it's going to probably be Nadal's last major, in all honesty. Uh, I just think that after last year, he is going to come back with a vengeance and maybe scale back his clay court season a little bit just to focus solely on Roland Garros, similar to the way that Federer has basically just solely focused on two tournaments in June and July at this point. I think we could see Rafa potentially doing that and just going all out for Roland Garros, and and then he gets to 21, and and I think he's probably done. To be honest, I, I don't see him being a real threat at any of the other majors, in my opinion. Although I will say, as we get, we'll discuss Roland Garros later in the episode, I do think that that 
could also be a potential, but I don't necessarily think that's a function of Nadal being a fantastic grass court player. I think that's a function of there's not really any good grass court players on the tour anymore, uh, as demonstrated sort of last year, which is which, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that for the Wimbledon part, but that's my prediction for Roland Garros. I think Zverev gets to the final, though, to be honest. I think Zverev, very serious threat to get to the finals. Tsitsipas and all of his faults, I think, will still be in contention there. And then I think uh, Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz probably at least make the quarters. So, yeah, that would be my prediction for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this is going to be Nadal's last hurrah, and I think basically he's going to schedule out his year from now until May, June, specifically for that tournament he's going to rest himself as much as possible he'll play maybe only half the amount of clay court tournaments leading up to the French he'll take maybe a week or two off before um and I think that he's basically going to go all out at the at Roland Garros I think it'll be his last one um who do I think is actually in contention for that besides him obviously Djokovic you can't discount at any slam obviously he won it last year so we cannot discount him um Medvedev we can toss out I'd be surprised if he made like the semis or even quarters so we can toss him out Tsverev I think is a very strong candidate to make the final even potentially win it I think he's a very underrated clay court player um and I think Tsitsipas you can't discount him either at the French he did make it to the final last year I want to see where he's at mentally I also want to see how that elbow's doing and we also can't discount Dominic Team to see how he comes back. He's a guy who we kind of forgot about um, this year, this year 2021 being that because uh, of his injury. I'm interested to see what he does, see if he can come back. I don't know if he's going to be able to win Roland Garros necessarily this year with that wrist injury because that's a pretty hefty thing to kind of play with. But I think, I think you can't discount him. I think he can be a quarter or a semifinalist for sure. Yeah, if I had seen Dominic Team play yet really post this wrist thing I I would have him as a serious contender for Roland Garros and it's and it's sad in a way because I think this is the year that he actually could win it uh, after trying so hard for so long but I I just don't know what he is at this point he's the biggest wild card of 2022 is Dominic team because if this guy is how he played before this wrist surgery and he's like fully back I think he's the favorite at Roland Garros I think he might even be the favorite at Australia, to be honest. He did make the final there numerous times, so Dominic team could really do some damage if he's at full capacity. I just don't think he is, quite honestly. And uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, he isn't. He's the one who's going to be part of that new big three convo that we're going to have a little bit later, um, with, along with Team and Sverev. I mean, it might be only for a short period of time, but he would be the guy. I think um, again. I'm interested, very interested to see what's going on with his wrist because he was kind of tinkering back and forth between surgery, no surgery. He ended up deciding not to get surgery, but it was a big kind of thing for a lot of months. So I don't know. I'm I'm just concerned about the status of the wrist. I'm interested to see. I believe he's slated to play Australia. Uh, am I right? I think he is. Um, and I'm interested to see how he does kind of the beginning of the year. I think by the time Indian Wells, Miami rolls around, we'll kind of know like what, what's going on with his wrist. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's it for Roland Garros. So, so let's get on to Wimbledon. Um, I think you and I are also going to agree on this one. I'm picking Djokovic to win Wimbledon. I do not see anybody who's even remotely a good a grass court player as he is right now. Um, Medvedev. 
Maybe, not even really. Um, I mean, I know he hits the ball flat, but he's also not really the best net game. Zverev not quite there yet. Nadal, uh, I'm going to have to discount your point about Nadal on grass. I'm sorry. I just don't, I, like, if you put Djokovic against him uh, in the final or whatever, I just don't see Djokovic losing that match. I think Djokovic is just going to outskill him, outclass him on the grass. And Djokovic, I mean, God, the guy's won, like, what, five or six Wimbledons himself? So. Yeah, I just think nobody else in the field matches it unless he plays some guy a la Berrettini who can just like have like an insanely hot day and just rip him off the court. I still doubt it. So my pick is Joker. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Just to be clear, I think Nadal could be a contender for it, but I still think Novak is the very, very clear favorite. And unless Fed, I mean, I wrote down, I hope that Fed is able to sort of turn back the clock and get a... Pete Sampras 2002 US Open-esque <laughs> ending but um but yeah I I think Novak's a clear favorite here I I actually think the only player that would even give him a challenge would be Berrettini for the reason that you listed and also Berrettini has now played in a Wimbledon final so he has like it, it won't be as overwhelming as it was last time so that would be my only pick, but again, I, I can't see anybody but Djokovic winning this. I am more certain that Djokovic will win Wimbledon than I am that he will win Australia. I think he's a very clear favorite at Wimbledon. I don't think at the rest of the tournaments of the year he's going to be a crystal clear cut favorite. Absolutely agree. I think that any other, at this point, any other tournament, if Medvedev and Zverev are in the tournament, he is no longer a shoe-in. That is for abs- that is absolutely sure. Um, and now, for the last slam of the year, our favorite, our home slam, the U.S. Open. Who do you got, Frank? So, I know I just said Australia is going to be the most consequential one. And it may be the most consequential one. But I think the U.S. Open might be the most interesting. And I think there could be a lot of contenders... Uh, which I'll get into, but my winner is going to be Zverev. And my runner-up is going to be Medvedev. Real shocker there. Um, but uh, I did say that Medvedev... I think Medvedev and Zverev are going to be a matchup in at least... I mean, that's got to be... I think it could happen in at least two slams. I, I just do. But I think I think Zverev actually has a legitimate chance to make the finals of three majors this, this upcoming year. Like a legit chance. And, if, and listen, he could go... And Wimbledon too. I mean, there's. I I think that outside of Djokovic, nobody is a shoe in. So he could make a run to the finals. Like, why not? But uh, yeah, I think I think he finally gets over the hump at the U.S. Open. I think he's made the finals here before. He's very comfortable in in New York. Uh, so the court sort of plays with him as well. Now that Medvedev has won this tournament, I don't necessarily think he'll maybe have the same hunger and desire to win it as he did this year. And Zverev has gotten to the final before, lost when he should have won. Then last year, probably should have beaten Djokovic and just didn't. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'm i going to go with Zverev. I think the contenders in New York are going to be uh, Zverev, obviously, who I think will win. Novak, you can never discount him. Medvedev is going to be right there. Uh, I could even see somebody like a Sinner or an Alcaraz, depending on their progression, maybe putting in a nice little challenge. Especially Carlos, he seems to really like the U.S. Open and you know has a good good mastery of the crowd. Crowd likes you, and New York is definitely one of those places more than anywhere else on tour that 
you know, if you're playing under the lights in Arthur Ashe, if you've got the crowd behind you, anything is possible, really. So, maybe, but but I think this is going to be very clearly Zverev or Medvedev. I think it, those two are clear-cut above the rest here. Yeah, again, you can never discount Djokovic at, at any slam, really, um, especially the U.S. Open. Although, ever, his U.S. Open is his second-worst slam behind Roland Garros. And we're not, I, I mean, it's kind of tough to compare Roland Garros because Nadal has won, like, every year. But the, the, uh, Djokovic has only won the U.S. Open three times. I would actually argue that the U.S. Open is his worst major. I don't think I don't think Roland Garros is. I think Novak has really come close to winning Roland Garros numerous times, and he's just been beaten by the greatest clay court tennis player of all time. Like, you know, like everybody else has, right? But at the U.S. Open, we've seen him lose to people who he probably wouldn't lose to in Australia or Wimbledon, for that matter. Uh, so. I, w- I would actually say the U.S. Open is his worst, in my opinion. I'm trying to think back what happened to him in 2019. What happened to him there? Because it was Nadal and Medvedev in the final. Yeah, Google it for us, Frank. Because um, I know 2020 he hit the lines person in the throat, so that cost him a slam there. Um, but anyways, I-, I think that you can't discount him. However, I think also it will be... Okay, what do you got? Who is Novak's biggest enemy, Achilles' heel, kryptonite? Um, oh my god. I'll give you a clue. He was on our uh, episode about the perfect tennis player. We chose him for one of the strokes. For one of the strokes. Ground uh, strokes. For one of the ground strokes. Was it Fed? No. Wrong one-handed backhand. Oh, was it Stan? Stan the man, Vavrenka, beat him in the round of 16, 6-4, 7-5, 2-1 walkover. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was injured. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. We're going to say injured in quotation marks. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now I remember. Okay, got it. Um, Yeah, okay. As because I was like, what happened to him in 2019? Anyways, going off on a tangent there, I think that... Uh, it's going to be either Medvedev or Zverev. I personally have Zverev as well. I think that he plays best in New York. It seems to be his best slam out of all four so far. Um, and I think that if he... and I think him and Medvedev, basically, they're going to split. I don't think one is going to dominate each other the whole year. Like, for example, I don't think Medvedev is going to go in slams like 3-1 and one against Zverev. I think it'll be 2-2. Two, two, and also, I think if Medvedev beats him in Australia, I think Zverev gets him at the U.S. Open. 100% agree. I think that's 100% right. I think they split the hard courts. One of them will win one. The other will win the other. Um, I I think it's going to be Med in Australia just because he has a little bit more momentum right now. And he's been to the final there before, whereas Zverev hasn't. But I think Zverev will win at the U.S. Open. Because I I also think those Masters 1000s leading up to the U.S. Open. uh, I mean, Daniil's done fantastic at those as well. But... We saw Zverev just absolutely, what did he carry, like an 18-match win streak or something like that at one point during the summer. So, yeah, I, I, he would be my pick. Uh, the last one, we actually didn't write this down, but World Tour Finals, who do you think wins it? Uh, God. Um, I'll go Zverev again. I think he could go back-to-back, honestly. I think he can. Uh, He proved it this year. I was actually shocked that he won this year, but I kind of knew that he could once he lost Medvedev in the group stage. And he kind of got it together and ended up beating him in the final. I think that he'll be, honestly, by the end of the year, he might even be a favorite to win it. 
He likes playing there. It seems like the courts kind of suit him well. It depends also... You know what also depends on, Frank? I want to see how he does after the U.S. Open mentally. If he's going to have a little Dominic team episode where he wins his first slam and he goes on this like little honeymoon phase, or is he going to be more like Medvedev where his game is kind of consistent um, and he doesn't let his foot off the gas? So I'm going to tentatively say Sverev for now. Obviously, you can say Medvedev or Djokovic. I mean, really, there's only three choices for any of these things. Can we get a little upset maybe from a team from a maybe it's Tsitsipas if he decides to get it together, or maybe one of the younger guys coming up. Maybe. Um, you can't discount Yannick Sinner in his hometown. But I also want to see his progression, so I don't think I wouldn't give it to him yet this year. So I'm going to say Sverev for now. L- l- let's see what happens. Uh, generally, I agree with you. However, I would pick Sinner. I would pick Sinner. I like to I like to give a little Mickey bit of is a... the biggest Sinner fanboy ever. I actually got him a Sinner t-shirt. What does it say on the shirt, Frank? Uh don't don't panic. We have Yannick or something. Correct, with a huge Italian flag on it. True. Uh yeah, I think I think I would pick Sinner because Sinner played really really well there this year, and assuming that his game progresses as it should next year, I think he's going to have a legit chance. And again, I would really, I think that the home crowd will play a factor there. Uh, so Mateo even, I think, could make some noise too. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I want to pick one of the younger guys just to shake it up because generally I think World Tour Finals does not go according to plan. So whatever. Uh, this is going to be an interesting question. Year-end number one. I think we've kind of been alluding to it the whole time. I think Novak is not going to be the year on number one. I think it's time that that ends. I'm going to pick Medvedev because I think Medvedev has just a little bit more points points over Zverev right now. Uh, but I I could see Zverev do if Zverev lives up to his potential and does final final, let's say quarterfinals of Wimbledon and win the U.S. Open, he will be the world number one at that point. Like it would be really hard for him not to. But I would go with Medvedev as the year-end number one. That would be my pick. I, I can see why you pick Medvedev, and that's not a bad choice, obviously, especially considering that he's basically going to own the summer hardcourt season, so that's going to rack up at least two or three Masters. The only reason why I would pick Sverev is because Sverev is able to maintain his level at least through all four seasons of the year. That's something Medvedev cannot do. I don't think Medvedev's going to be making the final of these uh, clay court masters in Madrid, Rome, Monte Carlo. I don't see it. I don't even see him really make it even maybe semis or something. I don't think the points are going to be there. But for Sverev, he, you know he's going to be at least in the semis or finals of the summer hard courts. And he's going to be able to make the semis or finals of the clay court masters and then whatever kind of masters are in between. So I think that that's what's going to carry him, plus his slam results. I think that might slightly push him over the edge. Again, Medvedev can just like just completely lights out, take all hardcourt slams and masters, and that would that would do it because most of them are on hardcourts. But again, I don't think that he'll completely dom- like we mentioned before. I don't think he'll completely dominate Sverev on hardcourts, whereas Sverev beats him on clay like one hundred p. Yeah, I agree. I actually think that the most important tournaments for year-end number one are going to be the Sunshine Swing of Indian Wells and then Miami because those, I think, are going to be a little bit more open because the hardcourt season isn't in full swing yet because, uh, you know, we're going to be right on the cusp of clay court season. And obviously those tournaments are huge. 
the the draw is basically a grand slam and i think those could be real momentum setters for the rest of the year so those would be two tournaments to definitely watch and take a look at so those are our year on number ones who is going to be the biggest disappointment next year biggest disappointment for me is going to be Stefano Tsitsipas. Um, I think that he's going to decline from being a top four player. I think he's going to drop out of the top four or five. Uh, I'm a little concerned with him, more so uh, not about his game really, because I know he's got game and he can hang with these guys when he's like mentally sharp. I'm afraid of his mental game right now after what happened at Roland Garros. He has not recovered uh, since taking that L to Djokovic. His results have been honestly below average. Um, he lost first round at Wimbledon, got bounced at the U.S. Open against Alcaraz, and then ever since he's just kind of been in and out of tournaments. He hurt his elbow, so maybe he kind of needed this little mental break. I don't, I really don't think that he's going to be a slam contender anywhere. Maybe besides Roland Garros, I'd like to see what he does there. But I think he'll be our biggest disappointment because this was supposed to be the year where he takes it to the next level. Um, and I don't think that that's going to happen. And that's also because Djokovic, I'm sorry. Medvedev and Zverev have gotten so good that they've really leapfrog him, and that's going to be kind of an issue for Tsitsipas moving forward. I think you hit the nail on the head. Nail on the head. I, I think that's completely true about Steph. I, I just think that he was supposed to take the progression step that Medvedev and Zverev took this year, and he just did not seize it. And I am concerned that he is going to be leapfrogged, A, by Yannick Sinner, who, if again, assuming progression goes, should do that. And you want the truth? I even think Carlos Alcaraz could leapfrog him. Uh, so, I mean, when you do the math there, we're talking about Novak, Zverev, Medvedev, some permutation of those three as your top three. And then I think four, five, six probably is going to end up being Berrettini, uh, Sinners could be right there. Dominic Team could be there, assuming he's healthy. Uh, and then maybe it might be tough for Alcaraz, but I think he's going to get to top eight. I think Alcaraz makes World Tour Finals next year. So, yeah, he could be right there. And then where does that leave Steph? That leaves Steph at like six, seven in the world. And I think he's too talented to go beneath that. Just just off the clay court results alone, he'll he'll get top 10 in the world. But I would be very concerned if I were Stefano Tsitsipas. I think he needs a coaching change. I think he needs to get his family out of his coaching group. I, I think he needs like a complete objective third party to be coaching him at this point. And he really needs to work on the mental game also so yeah i i echo your sentiments that's funny that you mentioned that um i i agree with that sentiment it's just kind of funny because if you look at Sverev, Sverev has brought in the third party coaching and it has not worked out for him and he has brought back in his family and only his family and he's had some seriously good results so it really depends on how the family is structured and you know how they basically kind of separate your personal life from your coaching life because a quick story here when i was a hitting partner at the us open i actually had the chance to play with Sitsipas. And him and his dad were, like, bickering like me and my dad used to bicker. It was insane. I was like, dude, you're... And this... Funny, he was playing Medvedev that day. I warmed him up for his match against Medvedev. And I, you could, he was in such a pissy mood because of his dad being there. 
I was like, oh man, this guy's going to lose it. And he got smoked in straights. Yeah, so that's what I was about to say is there's a difference with those two and simply that Zverev's family, I can't tell you what they look like. They are not in the pit. Like, they have no desire to be celebrities. They have no desire to be in the spotlight. Stefano Tsitsipas, the fact that I know that his father's name is Apostolos is ridiculous. Like, I shouldn't know this guy's name. I shouldn't know your personality. The camera should not be going to you every five minutes, but it does because you're a story. Like, his father is becoming a celebrity. Moratoglu is the same thing. becomes a celebrity, and it's just not good. It's a distraction. Yeah, Moratoglu, he also had a coach there. It's the same. That's all marketing BS. I Yeah, I mean... I, I get it. He's got to, you know, bring up his brand, and I think what Mortoglu is doing for the game is great, but it's it's not really good for Steph's tennis right now. So um, let's get into our last topic briefly here, and I think we kind of mentioned it already. Who we think is going to break out this year? I think we're both going to agree here again. Um, I think it's going to be Carlos Alcaraz. I see him making the jump to top ten. Um, I think that he can be a. I think he can make quarter semis at the French. I'd really interested to see him at on the clay court swing. Also on the summer hard courts, I think he could do some damage. Wimbledon, don't really see it at all. Um, and Australian, I don't think he'll be ready for it. But I want to see him progress throughout the year. And I think that he's going to break through to the top 10 and make World Tour Finals. Yeah, I think Australia, he gets to the third, fourth round. Uh, Roland Garros, I think he could definitely make at least quarters. Wimbledon, probably bounced first or second round, to be honest. I... I you know, he just is not going to be used to playing on the grass. U.S. Open, I think he could make round of 16 quarters. Why not? Uh, and I think he could do some damage on the clay court season. I mean, he already did last year, so he's got a ton of points to gain. I think Carlos, like I said, makes World Tour Finals. The other player, like I said, and I think we're both in agreement, Yannick Sinner, I think has the chance to make top five in the world if he progresses, which would also be a breakout in a way. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would pick Alcaraz, so... I think that's going to just about do it for us here. Uh, as always, uh, make sure you uh, like us uh, on Instagram, follow us, DM us with any questions, especially if you need any racket or string help. I'm happy to help, so you could just DM us and I- I'll respond. Uh, we have some exciting changes coming. We're going to have some new sort of content, new polls, uh, new Instagram like connectivity going on. So we hope that you guys enjoy that. We appreciate your responses on the poll that we just recently did uh, about our greatest sort of player ever. Uh, that was really fun, really interactive. Seems like you guys enjoyed that. We enjoyed it. So that was great. And we'll be sure to do more stuff like that in the future. Uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Take it easy, guys.